they are as a symptom of their trust in God, having received the word of God in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit. One of the symptoms that you're trusting God is joy. Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Jason Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Let's pray. Father, I thank you and praise you for this time. Open up our hearts to receive your word. It is bread. It's practical. It's manna. We can use it this week. Lord, your word is also seed planted deep in the good soil of our hearts, and it produces life in us and changes us, grows us. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Teach us what we need to know. Prepare us for what is coming in our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about having faith in God, trusting God in times of pressing. We're going to start in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. I'm starting with verse 2. We give thanks to God always. This is Paul thanking God. But 4, he says, making mention of you in our prayers. He's talking about the church in Thessalonians. Like, we're thanking God for you. He says, we're mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Your labor of love, your patience of hope, and our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. Like, he's like, you guys are doing a great job. Knowing, beloved brethren, your election, your choosing by God. God chose you. For our gospel did not come to you in word only. He's like, remember when I was there? He says, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. As you know, what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became imitators. Say imitators. It says followers, but the Greek word there is imitators. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. Now, what he's talking about, it was like this big persecution broke out while they were in Thessalonica. They're preaching the word of God, and all of a sudden, the whole city came against them. Everybody turned against them, and it was a time of pressing. And Paul was saying, you know what manner of men we were, that in time of pressing, we held on to the faith. We didn't get scared. We didn't succumb or get crushed. We didn't bail, but we believed God. And then he says, you became imitators of people like us who in times of pressing trust God. And then he ropes in Jesus, who also was imitated, right, by this church, who Jesus in time of pressing trusted God. He says this, and then he explains it, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit so that you became examples to all. In Macedonia, Kai, who believe, from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth. Not only in Macedonia and Achai, but also in every place. Like, everybody's talking about you guys. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. The advantage of the group of believers here in Thessalonica, their advantage described was that they trusted God in a time of pressing that they kept their faith in God when things got hard. And today I want to talk to you about trusting God, having faith in God when you're up against the ropes, when you're in your darkest hour, keeping that trust, not giving in to the discouragement, not giving in to the quitting, but putting your trust in God. And it set them apart. It says here that there is a symptom of their trust in God. Having received the word of God in great affliction, with joy from the Holy Spirit. One of the symptoms that you're trusting God is joy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, and it's not just any joy, by the way. It's that Holy Spirit kind of joy. 
that the Holy Spirit is within you. And he, the Holy Spirit gets so excited when you decide to trust God. That's, what, that's why he releases joy into your life. Floods your soul with joy. Why? Because you're in a time of pressing, but you decided to trust God anyways. The Holy Spirit's like, yes! Inside of you. Yeah! She's going to trust God. And then all of a sudden he goes, and out comes joy. Unspeakable joy. Just floods your soul with joy. Why? Because you're trusting God. And one of the symptoms of joy in your life from the Holy Spirit is strength. Suddenly you were weary, but now you're filled with the strength that comes from God. And now you keep going. And this kind of receiving the word in the midst of oppressing, trusting God when things are difficult, this was renowned for the Thessalonian church. They were known for it. Their faith toward God resounded. It echoed into the eternity. And I want living word to be known the same way. Don't you? Don't you want to be as believers known for the same kind of attitude? That, man, it's tough right now. And if ever there was a time that believers need to trust God, because it's tough right now. But we want to be known that we received the word and our faith toward God echoed in an eternity. That when 2020 hit and everybody was discouraged, we believed God. We trusted God in a time of pressing. And though it continued and seemed to get worse, we kept trusting God. And when you do that, it sends faith toward God in a resounding, echoing, booming voice. A shout to the rest of the world. Those people in Mesa, Arizona, they're crazy. Come on, somebody. Because they trust God no matter what. And even the devil's scared of us. Come on, somebody. He's like, I don't know. We just keep hitting them, but they just keep trusting God. And what happens is joy is released in us. You know, Paul was no stranger to trusting God as he talked about it. He's like, you're imitating me. This is what I do when I get pressed. He talks about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. He says this, we don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust ourselves, but in the God who raises the dead. In other words, we're pretty sure we're going to die. You think we're going to die? Yeah, I think we're going to die. And so what are we going to do? Well, I guess we can't trust ourselves, right? You ever get to the point where you can't trust yourself anymore? You can't trust anybody else. You can't even fix it yourself. And so what is there to do? Well, I guess if we die, God will just have to raise us from the dead. That's what they deduced out of this. And it says this, who delivered us from so great a death, right, God, and does deliver us in whom we, say it out loud, nice and loud, in whom we, that he will still deliver us. In other words, what he's saying is this, by the way, we won. And we won because we trusted God in a time of pressing, when it was tough, when it would have been easier to walk away. And there comes a time in pressing when there are no more straws to grasp hold of. When you can't trust anymore in the voices around you. When you're not sure where to lean and even yourself, you find yourself in a position where it's impossible and hopeless. You've grasped onto every straw that there is and they're all gone. That's what Paul was saying. We got to the point where we couldn't even trust ourselves. And so what we did was we trusted God. And in the time of trusting God, God showed up. And he delivered us, and he will continue to deliver us because we keep trusting him. Father, I'm at my wit's end. This is what that prayer sounds like, doesn't it? Father God, I'm at, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. I don't know. So I'm, I'm putting this in your hands. 
Jesus, I call on you now into this situation. You said that anyone who calls upon your name, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, you would save them. And now I'm trusting you. And in that trust, suddenly joy is released into your life. Suddenly strength comes back to you. If you strengthened yourself in the Lord. There's a woman, she goes to church here. She's sitting on the front row today. And, and uh, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, she came to me and Pastor Kelly, you know, I'd like some prayer. They told me I need a pacemaker. The doctor said that my heart's not working right anymore. And so we prayed the prayer of faith. And this is a time of pressing. You get a report like that, that's a pressing. You're in pressure now. This is when it counts. And so we prayed and believed God, felt the power of God. And then she went back to the doctor, and she came just last Sunday. She gave the report. And she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, hmm, we ran a couple more tests to check things out, get ready for the operation. And it turns out you don't need a pacemaker after all. Your heart is functioning she said, like brand new, her words. The press was on, but what did she do? She turned to the Lord. Now, I'll still go to the doctor, but my trust is in God. And here comes the pressure. And you can either let the pressure crush you, or you can just let it press you. Now, there's a difference. The crushing is I gave up, I, I broke apart, I, I, I abandoned my faith. But Paul said, we are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed. See, when you press an olive, and we're like green olive trees, that's what David said. When you press an olive, you know what happens? Oil comes out. And the oil is the anointing of God. You press an olive hard enough and oil just comes out. Somebody say amen. And the oil breaks the yoke. You see, when you get pressed hard enough, the good things, you're treasure in a jar of clay. That's what you are. And when you get pressed hard enough, you know what happens? The clay just pushes out the treasure that's on the inside of you. You're just about to show up to the battle. when you See, you got Jesus on the I got Jesus on the inside of me. And when I get pressed, Lord Jesus, Satan better watch out because like a, like a tube of toothpaste, Jesus is about to come out. He just he just comes out like mint-flavored Jesus, and he's going to bust the door down. Come on. And then, and then Paul goes on to say, I'm not crushed. I'm oppressed, but I'm not crushed. The harder the enemy presses, the more Jesus comes out, the more oil comes out of you, the more the miracles we begin to, to you. reverse Living the situation of what's church. been happening in your life, the more of God's deliverance comes out. But our job is to not give up, but to keep trusting God. And Paul said it this way. He said, for this light and momentary affliction worketh towards an exceeding far greater eternal weight of glory. Now, what does that mean? It means that the affliction itself is working. When I, don't, when I trust God in oppressing, I'm causing the affliction, the thing that came against me, to begin to work against the enemy. Come on, somebody. Why? Because it's producing a far greater eternal weight of glory in my life. Eternal glory. Praise God. The very thing the enemy meant to ruin me with begins to work against him. But pastor, the enemy's coming in on every side. It's crazy out there right now. What are we going to do? Isaiah 59 and verse 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Don't think for a second that God is looking from heaven right now and he's like, wow, well, what are we going to do now? I don't know what to do. You think God is surprised by any of this? You think God can't handle it? The creator of heaven and earth, our father, God, the alpha and omega. Do you think that there's anything that's impossible or too big for our? You think he's like, well, that's too big for me. 
No, God is not concerned, and neither should we be. We need to put our trust in Father God. No matter what the circumstance looks like, it isn't too big for our God because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. Now, the, the Hebrew word there for standard is a very interesting and very rare verbal form of the Hebrew, and it means this. It means that God is pressing back or launching an advancement against the enemy. He's lifting up a standard. Now, there were the ones being lifted up, but there is a banner that is lifted up that identifies for all the world to see that it is God that is now advancing back on the enemy. And this root word actually means that, that a pivot has happened, that the enemy that was coming at us is now fleeing. They have pivoted and begun to run because let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Come on, somebody. You and I are the standard that he raises up. Our job is to keep trusting God. There was a time when the enemy came in like a flood against David. and David wasn't king yet. He'd been on a long journey to becoming king. He's in 1 Samuel chapter 30, which is really the end of the book. There's only one more chapter left in 1 Samuel. And for most of the entire book, he's just been running from King Saul, trying to figure out how he's going to become king. It's been a long time, maybe 13, maybe 17 years of his life has been running. And so he comes back to his camp this particular day and as he comes back with his his 600 men all of their families their wives their children see they've been running for a long time so they've got families now all their livestock all their money everything was stolen and everything was burned that's what they came back to imagine david being like really like another thing goes wrong you know the enemy just wants to wear you out and make things worse and worse and worse until you finally give up. But David wouldn't be crushed. The Bible says that even his own 600 men were thinking about stoning him to death. This was a bad day for David. But what did David do? He strengthened himself in the Lord. What does that mean? He began to trust God. And he had that joy in his heart released. And then the strength came back to him. And he said, bring me the ephod, which was the anointed robe of the priest. Bring me the anointing. And then he said, because I'm getting pressed right now, some oil about to come out. And he said, Father God, should I pursue them? And God said, go get them and go get it all back because I'm going to give it to you. So they pursued him. With 400 men, he took back everything that was stolen. Not one thing came back missing. And then... They even came back with more than what they lost because of the enemy plunder was there too. Somebody say amen. And here's my point. The enemy may come in like a flood and it might look like he stole some stuff from you and it might look like he won a little bit, but I've got good news. That whatever the enemy has stolen, God will recover it all when you put your trust in him. You just move your trust to God. It might look impossible, but God, I need you to recover it all. And I have some better news for you. The re is always bigger than the pre. And what I mean is, is that what came before was small compared to the restore that's coming. Because when God restores, he gives you more than you lost. In fact, he promises in the book of Isaiah double what was stolen. And he gave to Job all the mess and all the stuff that Job lost. He gave to him double of everything that he lost. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap. And David, oh, listen to this now. In just three days, everything in David's life is going to shift. Three days from this moment, everything's going to shift back. His journey of running from Saul's over. Saul's going to die in battle. 
all of a sudden we're going to, it's one chapter goes by and in the next book of the Bible, David is becoming king. Everything's about to change in David's. See, just before the darkest hour, just, I'm sorry, just after the darkest hour comes the dawn. Can I get an amen? When the enemy comes in like a flood, it means you're about to win. Can I get somebody to get excited and put their trust in God? For almost 17 years, David's been going through fire and a tough time. And, and I was looking at this. Steel, in order to become strong, has to be tempered. And to temper steel, what you do is you take steel and you put it back in the fire. And you heat it up to about 2,000 degrees, something like that. And then you cool it really fast. And then you heat it up again, this time more slowly. And then you cool it more slowly. And you know what this tempering process does is it makes the steel stronger. So you see, some of our faith needs to be forged in the fire. Sometimes our trust in God needs to go through a pressing so that it becomes stronger than it was before. My parents, their marriage, happy anniversary. Look at this. I got a little picture of you guys. We just honor you. 54 years, 54 years they've been married. And at least 30 of them happy. And what am I saying? Their marriage was forged in the fire. I want you to know this. Their marriage was, they're so happy. They're so much in love. They have a kingdom marriage. They just do everything together. It's really quite, you know, nauseating. And <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And it's the romance we all dream of, the kingdom marriage, you know, uh, that happily ever after. They have it. But it wasn't always that way. And they would stand up here and tell you the same thing. I'm kind of joking with them. But they would tell you that their first years were rough. They had to fight. Their marriage was forged in the fires of adversity, that it was in times of pressing. We used, to, we used to, on the way to church, they would fight all the way to church, and then after church, we'd fight all the way home, and then they go, my mom could throw a Bible across the room, Lord Jesus. <laughs> These are powerful men and women of God, though, who fought for what was right, and they trusted God, even though things got tough, they trusted God for the kingdom marriage. And they said, God, you put us together, and marriage is a gift. My dad knew the promise that a man who finds a wife finds a good thing. And they stood on promises that the two shall become one. They stood on the promises of God, and in times of pressing, their marriage was forged in the fire. And many of you just need to push through the time of the pressing to trust God and don't be crushed. Just be pressed because that oil's coming out. And when that oil comes out, they begin to, now they're world changers. Come on, somebody. Now they're world changers, and people look to them for their marriage material and learning how to get, because why? Because that test became a testimony. Can I get an amen? In the same way, you're going to face tough times. You're going to face times of pressing. Don't let it crush you. No, it's just pressing you. Let that oil out. Your job is to trust God in times of pressing. Let it make you stronger than you've ever been before. When the Israelites got to the promised land, they, they were supposed to go in and get this amazing land. But they stopped, and they sent 12 spies in to check it out, just to see if it's okay. Ten of the spies came, came, came back and said, yeah, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, but we can't take it. The giants are too big, the cities are too fortified, we're going to die if we go in there. But two of the spies came back with a different report. They said, yeah, it's a great thing, it's a great land, it's beautiful, look at all the stuff we brought back, it's amazing. It's everything God said it would be, and we can certainly do it. Two said yes, ten said no. They believed the ten, the nation believed the ten. They got discouraged, they got crushed, they gave up. And they would get stuck in the wilderness for 40 more years because of that decision. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, right? That promise of God, those promises that are, are yes and amen to us has been preached to us. It was preached to the Israelites too. 
That's what he's talking about, the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. In other words, they didn't trust God in the time of pressing. They were against the pressure, but they didn't put their trust in God. They trusted men, they trusted their eyes, and they gave up, and they got crushed. Notice it didn't say they didn't get the promised land because of their bad behavior. It didn't say, well, because, because the Israelites were grumblers, they didn't get in. Well, because the Israelites, you know, they were adulterers, and they were sinning, and they were breaking on, they were worshiping a golden calf at one point, so God had to take it from them. That's not what it says. It doesn't say that it happened because they knew. It only says the only reason they didn't get to go into that promised land is because in the time of pressing, they did not trust God. But Joshua trusted God, and Joshua, even in the time of pressing, and Caleb, but God looked at Joshua and said, you. I'll let you, you will lead my Israelites across that Jordan River 40 years from now. You will take them into the promised land. Let us be like that. There's two reports we can believe right now. Two reports today that we can look to and wonder if it's right or if it's wrong. There's the report of the world and there's the report of God. And we can choose today which one we're going to go with, which one we're going to trust. If, 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 if you've looked at the weather report lately, you check the weather for anything, you see what the weather's going to be, I pull it up on my phone. Listen, if you don't live in Arizona, I can tell you right now, our weather has been crazy for the last month. It's been absolutely nuts. The weather people don't even know what to do. If you look at my, my weather, you know what they should, it, it'll say like sunny and it'll be raining outside. It'll go, they don't know what to do. It was 82 degrees the other day, which, you know, in August. So just so you guys know, that's like 70 degrees cooler than usual. They don't, you know what the weather report should just do? It should just be the emoji that goes like this. We don't know. Because the report is always wrong. We can't trust the news. We can't trust the numbers. Follow the science. Follow the data. Follow the... the you can't do it. Follow the Jesus. Come on, somebody. You can trust God. All the other stuff just starts changing and they keep getting it wrong. The Bible says this, who has believed our report, Isaiah chapter 53, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Not everybody gets to see God flex his muscles, but when you believe the report of the Lord, you get to see God flex his muscles in your life. You want to release the power of God in your life? then choose to believe the right report, the report of my God. See, my God has promised me. I don't care. I don't care what the news is saying and the doom and gloom, and I don't care what the future looks like. It's all oh, it looks so gloomy and bleak. I don't care. Here's what I know. My God has promised his children prosperity. He's promised us success. He's promised us health. He's promised us safety and protection. He's promised us that our children will be blessed in the land. He's promised us a destiny. He's promised us love and joy and peace and a long life. And I don't care that the flood is running through the Jordan River. And I don't care how the cities look so fortified right now and they're just too big. Our God is bigger. And the giants look so strong but our God is stronger. And the mountain might look so high, you don't know what to do with it, but our God is higher. And the doctor may have said there's, there's no hope, but our God is healer. And the bank said you don't have no money left, but our God is provider. And 
And if you'll do this, if you'll begin to trust God and keep in that trust, even in times of pressing, God becomes that God who delivers you. His power is released in your life in a way like never before. The Holy Spirit floods your entire being with his joy, and that joy becomes a strength on the inside of you. Things begin to turn around for you, and I declare over you, and every single person within the sound of my voice, that whatever's been lost in the last couple years, that God will restore double everything that's been stolen from you because we trust the Lord in Jesus' name. And if you receive it, shout out, I believe it. Amen. Praise God. Well, if you need a miracle in your life, if you need a breakthrough, like you just, you, you need a miracle. The enemy's in like a flood right now. Let's just pray over the people that need miracles. Praise God. I'm going to have you, I'm not going to call you up here, but I want you to raise your hand if you need a miracle. Just put your hand strong up in the air. Say, I need a miracle, Pastor. I'm at my wit's end. I'm at, I'm at my last straw. I need a miracle. Okay, now, everyone whose hand isn't up, look around. This is our church family. And God is raising up a standard for them right now. And you're that standard. And so for the people whose hands are up, you stay seated. But the people whose hands aren't up, let's stand on our feet right now. Because God is raising up a standard for them. And let us pray the prayer of faith over every hand that's up. That their miracle is released to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to worship the Lord right now with your voice, with your spirit. Jesus, you are Lord in this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is releasing that job to you now. The right pay, the right wages, the right hours. The Lord is healing that arm in Jesus' name. Healed in the name of Jesus. A doctor's report that gave you no hope, but God is saying, I'm touching your body right now. Healed in the name of Jesus. And now let's stand in with our brothers and sisters. Father, there are people here that need miracles. And you know, you know what they need long before we asked. But we are standing in agreement, Father. Let us be the standard you have raised up that we might speak the voice of miracle into their life. In Jesus' name. The Lord Jesus heals you. The Lord Jesus delivers you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, everybody that's sitting here believing you for a miracle, Father God, that their miracle's coming, the breakthrough's coming, those walls are falling down. In the name of Jesus, mountain be moved and cast into the sea. In the name of Jesus, health come to that body. Miracles now in Jesus' name. We receive it, and we thank you for it, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on and give the Lord some praise. I want to hear your testimony. For those of you that stood for a miracle today, things are about to change in your life. I want to hear the testimony about what's happened in your life. Come and find me. You know, the story, the glory is in the story. We've got to tell those stories. Let me ask you a question. If you were to face eternity today, do you know what eternity looks like for you? And would you have peace with Father God? Here's the good news. God has already offered the free gift of salvation to anyone who would put their faith in His Son, Jesus. And if you're ready for that kind of life, stepping into a new life and out of an old life, then pray this prayer with me. 
Dear Father God, forgive me of sin. And Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you're the Son of God who died for sin and rose from the dead. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guess what? You just stepped into eternal life. Get involved in a good Bible-believing church. God bless you.